Hi, this is Julia Golding. Are you looking for a way to find a gentle beginning to your life as a fantasy writer? Or maybe you're just wanting to brush up your existing skills, but you don't have time to come to a class. Well, we've devised for you the perfect beginner's course. You can find it on our website. The course is full of exciting chapters for you to take at your own pace starting with packing your bag and setting out on an adventure. And over the course of the lessons, you'll learn to find a hero, gather allies and get under your belt all the basic skills you'll need to write yourself your fantasy story. So why not have a look at this today and see if it suits you? And I look forward to meeting you in our chat room, which comes along with the course. So what are you waiting for? Time to pack your bag and get writing. Hello and welcome to Mythmakers. Mythmakers is the podcast for fantasy fans and fantasy creatives brought to you by the Oxford Centre for Fantasy. My name is Julia Golding. I'm an author, but I'm also the director of the centre. And today I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Andrew Head and he's based in Australia. Andrew's joined one of our creative writing courses, but Andrew also is um, blind and so is the expert among us on audiobooks. And I thought he'd be brilliant to get Andrew along to have a chat with me about accessing fantasy books in the um, audio version. So hello, Andrew. Hello, Julia. Nice to be here. So Andrew, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself and your reading habits uh, and your journey to um, having a go at creative writing. Well, I, as as mentioned, I'm blind, so I do access uh, a lot of my books and material in general through a uh, computer that talks or, uh, you know, back back in the day it was uh, cassettes and CDs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, now a lot on Audible, but, um, you know, there's I, – I still enjoy getting a, a CD uh, – there's a, a thriller author, Matthew Riley, who produced, like, I get his books on CD for Christmas just because it's, you know, it's nice having physical book still sometimes. <laughs> um, yes, my, my journey to creative writing. Um, I guess books have given me so much uh, enjoyment over the years. Um, and I've always considered myself a bit of a storyteller. You know, I'd had a, as a, child I had a uh, tape recorder um, and I'd record stories and, and stuff on cassette as well um, that's then, actually yeah. a, that's actually one of those techniques um, that all writers should try is um, mm. sort of speaking out your story because you can really hear it you know properly hear it if you do that I remember doing that um, on on the days of cassette players before we had phones that could record. I would sit there and press play on my clunky tape recorder (laughs) and read my stories out. It's it's a really good tip to do that for everybody. Mm. So, uh, and Andrew, you've been um, managing to interact in the online course brilliantly. And I presume Mm. that's partly to do with the huge advances in software, allowing um, you to sort of, hear in real time what's being put up in text is that how it works 
Yes. Yes. So uh, I have uh, a screen reader on the Apple products called VoiceOver, and it basically speaks uh, everything, all, all the text that appears on screen. And it's been a real joy, actually, to, to, to discover this, this possibility um, for us on the course, and you're really enriching mm. it. Right. Oh, Let's get down to business. Let's talk mm. about um, your favourite books. So I've suggested that you want to say a little bit about what you look for in an audio book, and then we're going to have a look at your top five. So first mm. of all, when you're sort of playing the samples, what are you looking for when you're testing your next um, best listen? Ah, uh, well, um, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit biased. Uh, I don't particularly. There's, there's a few um, American accents I enjoy, uh, which I'll get onto in a bit. Um, but I mainly, you know, I mainly look for. I think fantasy is better when it's read by a British person. All um, right. <laughs> yes, that, that's just that's just me. I, I'm. <laughs> uh, Half Australian, half British, so very, right. very proud of both heritages. Um, so yeah, uh, British is better. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, someone that uh, has good uh, inflection or expression uh, when they're reading, but uh, and especially when it comes to what people, the characters are saying in the story, obviously, and someone who can do different voices uh, for the different characters. Uh, so that you know, you always know who's speaking, um, even before it's uh, even before they read out. You know, this person said. Do you have a preference? So, say if it's a, a book with more than one point of view, sometimes mm. um, the producers do it in, with different readers, uh, male, yes. female, for example. Um, or sometimes it's just the same person reading all of it. Do you have a preference when it comes to that? Um, I don't really like. I guess if if it isn't there, then that's if it's um, a whole. Do you mean like if it's a whole chapter from a female and then a, a chapter from a male? Yeah. No. I, for example, I've had a, a psychological thriller which had two points of view. Mm. And the way that the people who produce that audiobook decided to do that was to have a male read the male part and a female read the female part, which, you know, that's quite good because absolutely clear who's speaking. But sometimes mm. if one of those voices isn't that great, you might not bother to listen to it, which, you know, if you don't like one of the voices, for example, I've had that recently. I started listening to something and one of the voices was really mm. grating. And I thought, no, no, I can't. I can't listen to this. Yes. Um, yes, I, I do think it, it enhances um, the experience when you're reading a book if the, a chapter from a female point of view is done by a female. Um, doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't always have to be, but if it, if it can, then all the better. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and do, yes, you like, uh, do you like to sort of plunge into really long listens? Um, in my household, mm. I've got a son who loves fan, you know, loves sort of great big fantasy doorstop books. And I know mm. that um, he listens to lots. And we had a conversation and I was recommending something. And he said, oh, no, that's only 10 hours. I only get ones which oh. are over 20 hours. <laughs> 
I think oh, he's getting his money worth. But does that matter to you at all? Um, well, obviously, um, if I really enjoy the book or the series, the longer the better. But um, you know, shorter. If it's a good story, a shorter book won't stop. It won't stop me getting it. Okay, right. Let's go yeah. down to your top five then. So um, I don't know if you've ranked these or if they're all like a flat. You know, they're all equally good. Um, so I'll let you mm. decide how you're going to place your books. Well, I think some of them I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about because there's a few different versions. Uh, so if if you like, I can go into eat the book and then what I like about different versions. Yeah, far away. Um, all right. Well, uh, obviously. Well, <laughs> it's obvious to us. Uh, I'm going to start with um, the Lord of the Rings. Hooray! Um, <laughs> yeah, and I guess uh, you know I'm going to put all 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 three of them into one. Um, so I quite like um, the Andy the recent Andy Circus recordings of both uh, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Yeah, um, I think he does. I think he does a very good job with different voices, and he's got a lot of uh, expression and enthusiasm in his voice. Uh, just even when he's reading the the text when someone's not speaking, like if he's describing a scene or something. Um, yeah, and um, in in contrast to that, um, I know I know you have a different opinion, but I'm not all that fussed about the Rob Ingalls uh, recording of The Lord of the Rings. I did hear it and I did enjoy it, but I do think he didn't do as good a job on the voices. Um, so it was, for me, it wasn't as engaging. Um, but, yeah, that's just me. <laughs> um, I do really like uh, Martin Shaw's reading of The Hobbit as well. Uh, I never knew why they abridged it. I, uh, you know, if if I could, I'd abolish all abridged books. Um, I really think uh, Martin Shaw should have just done it unabridged because having now heard it unabridged, I'm like, oh, well, you know, so many little bits were just chopped out here and there and I, I don't see why. And in terms of The Hobbit, Martin Shaw would be my favourite narrator because it, um, he was the first one I heard and I've just grown up with him reading The Hobbit and I think he's done a very good job uh, with different characters' voices and he's got a nice voice to listen to in general. Um, and then, of course, he does a good job of the uh, Silmarillion as well and that was, of course, unabridged. So, A fantastic yeah. job because that's, such, that's much harder material to put across. <laughs> Yes. You know, you need yes, a voice to do that one, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, if that's unabridged, why didn't they do the whole bit? Anyway. Uh, and then, of course, there's the uh, all the radio plays mm. um, of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, and uh, funny story, actually. I, I got uh, the Lord of the Rings radio play uh, as an 11-year-old. And uh, for a few years, I thought that that 
radio play was the whole uh, the the BBC thirteen episode one. Uh, I thought that was the whole story, and then someone was like a, a, a friend of mine was like, "No, that's definitely like there's heaps more." And you know, at, at first I was disappointed because I thought, "Oh, like I've been you know missing out on stuff." But then I was like, "Oh wow, there's like heaps more." <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then I went and found the uh, Rob Ingalls uh, narration and read it uh, all the way through. Um, yeah, I think the, and, the thing about the BBC um, radio plays, they did a really good mm, job on the music. Oh, yeah. And, and then, of course, you know, the, a radio play is the ultimate, well, you know, you got different actors for each part, so it really uh, brings it to life. Uh, and of course, for me as a blind person, it uh, in you know in a lot of ways, a radio play is a lot better than a movie because you're only listening to it, so mm. you always know what's going on all the time. <laughs> um, I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a really well chosen, well edited um, mm. production that it's really stood the test of yeah. time. That one hasn't it? Oh yeah. Mm. Um, so and I know there's. A- so you you rate of the, of the Lord of the Rings. If I said mm. you know I'm putting you on a desert island with your cassette tape, mm. and you could only take either the BBC <laughs> version or the Andy Circus version, Ooh. which are you going to choose, Andrew? Uh, Horrible question. I know. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. Oh, it would have to be uh, the radio play. <laughs> I think that's the right answer because yeah. you get a whole, mm. you get a whole sort of um, <laughs> collection of people there. And I'll allow mm. you to have a version, you know, a braille version of uh, Lord of the Rings to fill in the bits they miss out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's your oh. desert island book for you. <laughs> it would be my that's desert island book as well. Uh, yeah. The Braille version is huge, by the way. Each book is, each of the three books is about 10 volumes of Braille. That sounds wonderful. So you got 30 volumes. <laughs> it's big. You could, build, you could build a shelter with it at the same time. Oh. Just take oh, one, yeah. one oh, brick out each, oh, each, yeah. each time you progress in the story. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so that's your um, first of your reviews what's your yes. number two on your fantasy hit list uh well um uh, the the second in my opinion uh the second greatest of the inklings you can see where this is going uh, mm-hmm. is uh good old c.s lewis um and again the uh the chronicles of narnia radio plays um and there's two versions uh, that I quite like. Uh, there's the, the BBC version. Um, and I'm not sure if you've heard them, uh, but the focus on the family versions. No, I don't know those. That's new to me. That's really interesting. Ah, so well, um, focus on the family, is that an American production or? I think I think it is. Uh, but they use all British actors. Um as is appropriate. <laughs> uh, and at the beginning of them, they have his, what would you call it, his foster son uh, or stepson, uh, Douglas, Douglas Gresham. Mm. Yeah, 
he, he does a sort of a introductory commentary to all of the books before they get into it. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, the I've got both. Uh, and the the really nice thing about the focus on the family ones is, I think it's more of the story. They've got a narrator, uh, whereas with the BBC ones, they you know they don't. Mm. Um, so I think yeah, you're you're really able to get almost the whole story with you know the narrator and then all the actors coming in at the various parts. And I did listen to an interview with the creators, and they said that you know they did have to add in like they added in other scenes for a bit more dramatic or explaining things a bit more as as they do with any adaptation but yeah. i i think it yeah the focus on the family ones are more special because they're more of the more of the book uh as c.s lewis intended it i think which is just lovely um that sounds really I interesting love- because um famously the battle in Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe is largely told in retrospect and is about half a page. <laughs> so if you're uh, going to yeah. dramatise that, you need to put in a bit of, um, you know, live action moments, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much, from what I remember, it's pretty much Aslan gets to the battlefield, you know, the witch is mine, and then it was just like, no, oh, it's great. That's it, yeah. <laughs> that, it, yeah. <laughs> in, both, in both versions. Um, and some of the actors are better in uh, Focus on the Family you know, but then some actors are better in uh, the BBC one. So, but it, again, if I had to choose, I'd take the focus on the family radio ones over the. Uh, yeah, thank BBC you for it, thank you for mentioning those because I was not. I'm now, mm. of course, going to go and look those up. So, okay, mm. number three on your list, Andrew. Number three would have to be uh, uh, the Wheel of Time. Uh, series um and there's actually this one and another one that have recently been made into tv shows um but yeah the i really like uh the wheel of time because it does what we were talking about before where if there's a chapter from a male's point of view as a male narrator and a female narrator for the chapters from females point of view um so that's always exciting i um I always I prefer the the, the male narrator uh, Michael Kramer. He's American, uh, and the female is Kate Redding. And fun fact, they're actually married. Ah, so it was very easy for them to do to do the Wheel of Time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that when I was reading it, and then I I got a Audible gave us a Christmas present. You could for, you could download different narrators have memories of Christmas and they both featured in it. And Michael Kramer said, yeah, for those who don't know, Kate and I are married. <laughs> oh. uh, so that was special because it's like, oh, okay, that, you know, that makes it more, when I reread The Wheel of Time, it, yeah, makes it more special. So um, many, 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 many hours of listening in that. You could probably oh, spend yes. half a year listening to that. Oh, no, it, it took me uh, – a year and three months, and for two and a half of those months, I was overseas. If I hadn't gone overseas, it would have, you know, probably taken me a year. But yeah, either way, <laughs> a long time. And that was pretty. Like I wasn't. Uh, I'd left study, and I was looking for work at the time, and 
I was uh, nearly single. So I had a lot, you know, I just read, read it and read it and read it and read it. And it still took me that long mm. uh, with some pretty heavy, heavy, you know. So uh, going back to the desert good. island scenario, it might actually be quite a good pick for that. Mm. Ooh. It might take you an hour yeah. to be, you know, a year to be rescued from your desert island. That was yeah. number three. So where are we going on mm. for number four? Uh, well, it would have to be uh, The Witcher, which is another uh, <laughs> that book that's been made into a TV series. Um, and the... The uh, narrator, it's just one narrator for that. He's British and uh, he, he's got a very nice voice to listen to when he's reading, but he also does a very good job of the different uh, voices and it's very clear who's speaking. Um, yeah, and again, that's a, a, seri- a whole seri- uh, series of books. They're more your 10-hour versions. <laughs> yeah. And they and they're very much they've got the sort of storyteller within it as well, haven't they? In those ones, mm. because it's sort of more of episodic than um, some of the larger um, huge story arc, you know, uh, fantasy epics. Yeah. You know, quite often, the Witcher goes off and fights a monster, and that's that's what you're doing in that particular episode. Yeah, for the for the first two books, it is a lot like that, and then it gets more coherent uh when you get to book three Mm. uh yeah okay so um just recap because we're going to go to find out what your last pick is we've done lord of the rings Mm. where martin shaw and the bbc version were fighting it out uh we've Mm. done the chronicles of narnia where um it was the uh, the family sorry tell me the name of that again Focus on the family. Focus on the family. Focus Mm. on the family. Mm. Win out. Number three was Wheel of Time. Mm. And number four was Witcher. So number five, last place. I had a, I guess they're not in any real particular order. I should have put this one at number three. Um, And I feel silly for making it last. But, uh, oh, well. (laughs) The order changed in my head, I guess, but uh, it'd have to be, of course, the Harry Potter series read by Stephen Fry. Ah, yes. yes. Uh, and and Stephen Fry does a fantastic job with all the different voices, um, and his yeah, the the way he reads, uh, a lot of in, inflection and enthusiasm. Uh, if that makes sense, not sure if that's the right word, but yeah, um, <clears throat> and there's. Oh, this is a good chance to talk about it. Um, put it out there. A lot of blind people they prefer the narrator Jim Dale, who does the uh, American ver- audio book of Harry Potter. Why there needs to be uh, a separate one for Americans, I don't know. But anyway, anyway um, you know, a lot of the complaint is Stephen Fry reads too slow compared to Jim uh, Jim Dale, and I've heard bits and pieces of. Jim Dale reading them and oh his voice the, the way he does voices are just nothing compared to Stephen Fry uh, one example was Uncle Vernon sounded really <clears throat> Jim Dale gave Uncle Vernon a, a from what I remember a real nasally voice 
Mm. Whereas, you know, it clearly says he's got a booming voice and Stephen Fry just, you know, just nails it. <laughs> Such a good job. I did feel at one stage when I had small children that um, the soundtrack mm. to our parenting was Stephen Fry reading Harry Potter. Because like, it put <laughs> on the children go to sleep. Um, yes. Yes. They'd be listening to it. Someone somewhere in the house would be listening to it. So mm. I can, I've got his Harry, Ron and Hermione in his tone, just ingrained in my head. As soon as yes. you said that, he must say it mm. thousands of times during the course of uh, mm. reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that I, I, that is um, again, another very pleasurable um, read, listening experience. Mm. So we've we've got Lord of the Rings. Let's put them in the order you were thinking of. So we've got Lord of the Rings, yeah. Chronicles of um, Narnia, Harry Potter, Harry Potter, The Wheel, Wheel of, Time, of Time, and Witcher. And The Witcher. Is yeah. there any other sort of sneaky little gem that doesn't fit in the sort of the, the big players that you've come across that you'd like to mention? Some honourable mention for anything. Yes, um, there's um, a fantasy series by. Uh, Raymond Feist uh, and there's a few different it's a few different series but the one I've read is the uh, <clears throat> the Rift War saga and uh, it's narrated by an American named Sean Mangan um, or I think he's or he's Canadian I'm not sure um, but he sounds very American um, but he again it's it's a very nice smooth uh, voice and he uh he also uh he's very good with different accents in particular uh which i know it's not fantasy but he he reads uh if if you want a good idea of how he does accents you should read the matthew riley's uh books where he, he's a thriller writer and you know dealing with lots of different countries so he does really good you know accents for the different countries of our world um but I first encountered him in the Raymond Feist Rift War Saga fantasy series and thought he did a fantastic job. He gives, I don't know if you've read it, but he gives the invaders in that series uh, Japanese accents. So he's, um, really, he's really sort of stretching mm. into other areas to find a way of differentiating voices, which, uh, yeah. you know, it must be really hard. That must be so hard as a voice artist to think, how am I going to mm. make these different aliens sound different from um, yeah. from each other. I noticed that mm. in the Marvel series, in uh, Captain Marvel, they gave one set of who you thought bad guys, um, Australian mm. accents. And I thought, oh, that's a bit, <laughs> that's a bit out there. And then, of course, the twist, was, <laughs> the twist was they weren't actually bad. They turned out to be allies. And you should have guessed because uh. they don't ever think of Australians as being bad guys. Whereas if they had a... Oh, you know, no. A toffee nosed British accent. Well, of course they're going to be a bad guy. You know, <laughs> goes without saying. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd like to sort of throw in here for something I listened to a lot when I was growing up, which mm. you might know, um, which started as a radio play, is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is a fantastic. Uh, yes. um, you know, yeah. in sci-fi, but we still allow that as fantasy, um, mm. and that's extremely entertaining and different from the others we've mentioned um in mm. that it's got quite a lot of parody and jokes yeah. uh in it 
um, connected and, to our uh, real world. Mm, I've I've listened to both the radio play and um, the proper books where uh, Douglas Adams actually reads them. Ah, and and he does a fantastic job. Um, you know, sometimes authors read their own books and they're just, you know, not they're not a, a prof- voice actor by profession, so mm. they're not quite as good. But he he's done a superb job. Um, yeah, excellent. Uh, so, uh, Andrew, we always finish the podcast as as I think you might be aware of. Picking where in all the fantasy world is the best place for something. And as we've been talking about audio versions, I thought we'd choose where in all the fantasy worlds is the best place to be a speaker or an orator. You know, the emphasizing here voices. Have you got a favorite fantasy world for appreciation of voice? Yes, I, I thought long and hard about this because I wanted to choose I had it in mind to choose um you know that everyone expects that you're going to go for one of the inklings uh and and I I tried to think of a different one uh but I couldn't uh, I was going to mention two one from Tolkien and one from something else just to I don't know balance things out a bit but uh I couldn't you know the only place I could think of um Oh, no, no, I'll just go with this. Um, well, it'd have to be Rivendell, wouldn't it? And the the uh, the Hall of Fire, I think, where they had a, after the feast, they had the all the tales being told and that sort of thing. Yes, I've always wondered. I've always that's one of those areas where I don't think any version, any red version, is as good as the one you imagine. Because the description is so beautiful about how it sort of melds into dreams. Um, then yeah. it does, your imagination has to fill in what that most beautiful elven voice would sound like. Mm. You know, they tell a lot of tales there. I, I think, you know, you had a had an image of, you know, myself as a hobbit there with my hobbit wife having some mead after a feast hosted by Elrond himself. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, nice image. <laughs> Uh, it's definitely a great place to go. I came up mm. with a, a different um, think, a different emphasis, really. Uh, I wanted mm. to mention there's a book called The Spoken Mage series by Melanie Sellier. Um, and the reason ah, I wanted to mention that's... this is because mm. the way magic works in her world, you know, magic is off the budget of magic. How do you do magic in a fantasy world is often one of the key world building questions. Um, and in her world, it's normally a world where people write down the magic, the spell, and when they rip the parchment, that's when the spell is released. It's like a, a stored stored power. And into oh. this world comes um, her main character, who, of course, is the first spoken mage, the person who can say the spell without writing it down first. But it's not quite as simple as that. She has to formulate it in a certain way. But the way oh. the way that uh, Melanie makes the spoken word so powerful uh, in this series is brilliant. It's a very enjoyable series. It's a coming of age story, really. Mm. She then goes to a, a college and has to learn how to fit in with the con- 
the ordinary um, mages. And then, of course, there's a, a wider political situation where she's then sent to the front line because she's able to do very quick, rapid responses to uh, other people's attacks by magic because she doesn't have to write things down. Anyway, it's an excellent series, very enjoyable. If you like sort of Tamora Pierce and that kind of writing of um, magic where people come of age, uh, Ursula Le Guin, Wizard of Earth Sea series. If you like that, uh, you might well like these books. So have a have okay. them up. Look them up. I think there is. Yeah. Yes, I'm. Yes, there are audio versions as well. I've got them, so mm. you can uh, access them. You don't have to find another Braille doorstop. You can listen to these. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me, and um, I think we should probably make this uh, a regular feature to help um, promote accessing fantasy books through the spoken versions of them. So, um, if you don't mind, we'll invite you back in. Uh, in a few months time to see what you've listened to since then so thank you very much no problem yeah absolutely i'd love to thank you and goodbye goodbye thanks for listening to myth makers podcast brought to you by the oxford center for fantasy visit oxfordcenterforfantasy.org to join in the fun Find out about our online courses, in-person stays in Oxford, plus visit our shop for great gifts. Tell a friend and subscribe wherever you find your favourite podcasts worldwide. Hi, this is Julia Golding. Are you looking for a way to... Find a gentle beginning to your life as a fantasy writer, or maybe you're just wanting to brush up your existing skills, but you don't have time to come to a class. Well, we've devised for you the perfect beginner's course. You can find it on our website. The course is full of exciting chapters for you to take at your own pace, starting with packing your bag and setting out on an adventure. And over the course of the lessons, you'll learn to find a hero, gather allies and get under your belt all the basic skills you'll need to write yourself your fantasy story. So why not have a look at this today and see if it suits you? And I look forward to meeting you in our chat room, which comes along with the course. So what are you waiting for? Time to pack your bag and get writing.